Welcome, you welcome. Are this is Locked On Boston, Boston, Boston College. This is AJ Black here. I am your host and editor and publisher of BC on Bulletin. On today's show, we're going to wrap up our day. NFL draft preview with Mitch Wolf, who is going to talk to us about Max Richardson and Max Roberts. We'll call it Max Squared for today. Uh, Mitch has been a part of our show for the last three days. He's talked about Hunter Long and Isaiah McDuffie, and we're going to wrap up with two of the recruits that probably have um, kind of the lowest possibility of making a team. We're going to want to hear our talk, and we also chat about everything draft-related. You want to hear his thoughts on who uh, the Patriots are going to draft? We talk about all those different things, so you're going to want to check that out. But we're going to check into the news first because it was a big day for Boston College news. First of all, Boston College football signed an apparel deal with Adidas. Now, Adidas is one of the top two uh, apparel companies in college football, right up there, probably right behind Nike, but gives Boston College a real new footing in the recruiting world. Now, Adidas is is seen very highly among both young and middle-aged people. You know, they have uh, new sponsorship deals with Trevor Lawrence, who just announced it yesterday morning, and James Harden, you know, one of the biggest players in the NBA. Also, uh, Kanye West. I know some of you are not big fans, and I used to love his old early work, his new stuff, and the new, uh, you know, kind of out of his mind. Kanye West is not a big, I'm not a big fan of, but his Yeezy shoes are under the Adidas print as well. And, you know, they have a huge following in soccer. Uh, Messi, I know, is part of their brand, but um, they're all, they have a big, portfolio in college sports so you'll see uh adidas at you know louisville nc state indiana texas a&m some of the western schools have it so they're big and this is a big deal because uh now boston college can use them as kind of a new recruiting tool on the on the on the path and you saw some of the new graphics that they made and they're really sharp and um, but I, you know what I'm really most excited about is to see how Adidas envisions their uniforms. And from what it sounded like, Matt Fortuna of The Athletic talked to Jeff Halfley about this already, and I'm going to try to grab him tomorrow to ask him um, about the, the uniforms. And it sounds like Halfley had some input into creating some new uniforms. So that's going to be exciting as well. Now, I think all in all, so this is just, you know, we could talk uniforms forever, but I think what this deal does and what this deal really shows is it, it was a great move by Pat Kraft, first of all, okay? So first of all, you made a deal for with New Balance, like it or hate it, that was the most financially lucrative deal Boston College has made as an athletic apparel comp- with an athletic apparel company ever. And that didn't include football. Now you make a separate deal with an athletic company like Adidas that is established. It's better than Under Armour. Under Armour is way below Adidas. You do all of that, you you make that money, and you put BC in better footing on the recruiting trail and in that apparel game. Because, you know, you know, us, you know, I'm an older, not older guy, but I'm a middle-aged guy, and many of us out there are like, yeah, who cares? Believe me, the kids care about some of this stuff. And I said it with New Balance. New Balance has, I think, a, a, a growing portfolio and a growing reputation. Adidas is established. Adidas is near the top. So this is going to help Boston College quite a bit. And I think it's really exciting to see where this is going to go. Now, we'll have to wait and see. Over the summer, I'm sure, probably closer to when they have summer camp, you know, Boston College will reveal their new um, their new 
uniforms and helmets and all that kind of stuff. And we'll see Halfley wearing, you know, like the polos and the pullovers and things like that. Um, but we'll have to wait. But what was interesting, I thought, was in the press release, they used the old block lettering for BC. So, you know, the old one that was in the 80s, that just the classic BC, not the, you know, not the angry pigeon or angry chicken, excuse me, not the, the, not the eagle with the BC. It was just that classic one. I wonder if they're going to go back to that. You know, I thought Under Armour, the one thing that I liked was that last year at BC, you know, the, the, the throwbackish uniforms that they were using. I hope that maybe Adidas takes that piece and adds their own flair to it and adds it so that it's, you know, even sharper than those were because you know you can always improve things so i thought that would that would be really cool and i thought that might be a little hint that that might be something that's coming along in the trail a little quick note about basketball recruiting uh, i got pinged on wednesday afternoon from a site called endless motorsports i'm not sure if this is true or not but i thought it was worth reporting on here at least as you know maybe it's just a rumor but it's something worth looking at kansas transfer gethro muscadin and i apologize i'm probably screwing his name up had a zoom meeting with uh earl grant and his staff he's a four-star former high school prospect i believe he's going to be a freshman this year like uh you know like one of those freshmen a redshirt freshman um he played for kansas didn't really get into any games he's from Africa, uh, one of the countries in Africa, um, and has a huge upside. I saw some really big quotes from Bill Self about um, Muscadan. So not sure if he's actually going to end up at Boston College, but if you add in a guy like Muscadan, you know, someone who has a good reputation like that, and then uh, go for someone else like um, Shane Dizoni, who we also talked about on the site, who is a Arizona decommit, who's a four-star from New Hampshire, you add those two kids in, uh, then you add with Demar Langford and some of these other guys. All of a sudden, you have a basis to build on. It's no longer just an empty cabinet. You have, you know, Demar Langford and Gianni Thompson and Dazoni. Say, say you get those three, right? You now have three good players that you can develop. You add in Muscadan, and you have a big. You also have Justin Vanderbilt. So you're seeing that if these pieces fall. Boston College could be in good shape, but now, now be fair, 2021 could still be a disaster because you have a lot of youth, and they got to kind of develop them a little bit. But it's it's good building blocks for Earl Grant and his staff. But again, that's that's moving four steps before we got to take baby steps here and get guys in. So um, we'll see if Muscadine actually did have this meeting, and if he does, if he transfers to Boston College, make sure to stick to stay tuned to BC Bulletin because we'll we'll definitely be following up on that. Now let's chat about RockAuto.com. Are you in the process of doing work on your car? Are you willing to spend 30, 50, 100% more at some other store when you could save tons of money at rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake and parts, brake parts to tail lamps, and even new carpets. Best of all, they have reliably low prices for everyone, not just for professionals. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for you or your truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, welcome back. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. With me, I have Mitch Wolf. Mitch, this is our third meeting this week. How are you doing? Uh, back and better than ever. Happy to be on again. You know, this is uh, this is 
draft day. We're, t- we're talking on Thursday, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to tonight. I can't wait to see what happens. I think after Trevor Lawrence and probably Zach Wilson, it's going to be a, a pretty eventful night tonight. Yep, it's my. I've got my draft day everyday shirt on. You know, I'm super excited. This is why, because this is my Christmas. This is one of my favorite days of the year. Um, and yeah, like you said, like three is really the first pivot point, and after that, you know, all hell's gonna break loose. <laughs> so we're here. We're gonna jump. We're jumping into like Sunday uh, draft people here, or Saturday. Excuse me. I always think Sunday. I don't know if it used to be Sunday or not, but it, did, those- it used to be Saturday. It used to be Saturday, Sunday. But I think that both these guys will find their NFL teams on Sunday. But we'll get into that later. Okay. So we're gonna talk about Max Richardson and Max Roberts, Ra- Max squared here, and we're gonna look at where they're at. I mean, these are probably two guys that are gonna be. Um, more fringy guys is just as Mitch said. So we're going to give you a segment on Max Richardson and a segment on Max, Max Roberts. And we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. So Mitch, let's start with Max Richardson, who probably of the two may have a better chance, but still, even at that, it's still a bit of a, of a stretch. What's going, what's the, what's the scouting report on Max Richardson at this point? So Max Richardson, uh, he's been DC's starting middle linebacker for the last few years. Um, and you know, he like kind of like McDuffie we talked about yesterday. He's racked up a ton of tackles. Um, and he's been a leader for the defense. Um, he's been a captain. He in the media, pro day media availability, he talked a lot about his leadership skills and you know helping the team through the pandemic and through the social justice issues of the past summer. Um, so I think a lot teams are really going to like his intangibles. Um, they're you know they like his ability to come downhill against the run and make tackles on ball carriers. You know he takes pretty good angles. Um, he's effective in short zone coverage. Um, the problem with Richardson is kind of like we kind of brought it up yesterday is that you know where McDuffie's playing super fast sideline to sideline, Richardson just doesn't have that kind of play speed, and that was evident in his uh, forty time, which I believe was in the four eights, which um, that's just going to be a problem. Not to mention that Richardson measured in at six feet, two hundred twenty three pounds. Um, he was listed at 6'1", 230, which I thought he always looked bigger than that, so I was very surprised when he was down to 223. Uh, but regardless, um, generally, if you're slow and you're small, that's going to be a problem. So that's part of why I, I'm pretty confident that Max is not going to be drafted. I'm looking at all linebackers since 2000 um, that were between 5'11 and 6'1", and between 220 and 230 pounds. And of the ones that ran – uh, a four seven five or slower they were all picked the earliest was picked in the fourth round and that was in 2013 but all of them were in the early 2000s so now more than ever you know speed is the name of the game at linebacker so if you're running a four eight as a linebacker that's pretty small that's just gonna be a problem and it's gonna be very unlikely that you get drafted yeah it sounds like uh he'd be very fringy right now and so um, does he have any, uh, you know, let's, let's look at the positives. You know, you, he's a kid that worked really hard at Boston college. You know, he was one of the leaders on that defense. Is there anything on his, in his game that he can bring that may get him a spot on a roster or maybe get him brought into camp, um, at the NFL level? So like McDuffie yesterday, um, special teams guy is going to be where he makes his mark. You know, he's going to, I think he played a lot of that early on in his career at BC, um, he's going to need to, and, and he's talking about, you know, contributing there and being willing to do that. Um, and I think that if he wants to fulfill his goal of being captain, he'll have to become a special teams captain, which, you know, linebackers, that's usually, the, your special teams captains are usually defensive players. They're usually linebackers or defensive backs. So a really smart guy like Richardson, who I believe double majored in college um, and is, is working on his master's degree, you know, I think that 
if he, if if he makes the NFL, it's going to be as like a special teams leader, you know, the guy that gets everybody lined up for punts and kicks and everything. Um, but even then, uh, like you know, for being a special teams gunner, like you need speed to get down the field and get the get the other team's returner, and that's just something that's not a part of his game. So I, I think that you know, I think teams are really going to like talking to him, and you know, I think he'll you know be an interesting camp player. Um, maybe he'll stick around in some practice squads for a little bit, but I, I just don't see a really a realistic path for him to have a long tenured NFL career. So, you know, we, we, Mitch and I planned out this week and we we're talking about, you know, oh, on one day we'll talk about Hunter, we'll talk about Isaiah another day, and then maybe we'll talk about both Maxes. And, you know, we've, we've talked about Max Richardson for about five minutes now, and it feels like we're kind of running out of steam about what to talk about him. So, Mitch, I know you're big into the draft, so I'm going to change gears before we get into Max Roberts in the last section. I'm going to do it again to you, I'm sure, when we get stuck on him, too. Um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated with the NFL draft, and one position in particular – other than quarterback is really interesting me uh this draft is the wide receiver group tell me if you were an nfl coach who would be the first wide receiver you would draft oh that's a good question so in this draft you know, obviously we have guys like jamar chase the wide receiver from lsu jalen waddle the wide receiver from alabama and devonta smith the wide receiver from alabama as well who won the heisman trophy the first Fire Stewart win the Heisman since Desmond Howard in the 90s. Um, you know, the pro- each guy, you know, they all are obviously really good players, and each can kind of have their own little faults. You know, Chase is um, – he's not super big, but his, the way he wins is when in contested catch situations, which is kind of a weird uh, dichotomy with him. With Devonta Smith, you know, he had incredible production. You know, he's effective in all areas of his game, but he's not a really – elite in terms of his athleticism or obviously his size like he's only 166 pounds which is you know there's some debate as to whether that really matters but I think at the end of the day that's going to be a factor and then you have Jalen Waddle who's a little undersized as well um but he's you know lightning fast and electric in the open field um so I think a big part of the reasons about where each guy will go it's determined by which team is picking where and the kind of scheme they run but I think if I had to pick, I'm probably going to pick Waddle because at the end of the day, speed wins. And, you know, he can take the top off the defense running deep. He has shown ability to work in the intermediate area of the field. Um, and he's also, you know, electric after the catch. So he can affect all three levels of the field, and not, not to mention he brings you uh, value in the return game. And I think my favorite play of Waddle was his freshman year where he took a shallow, like, drag route cross against Georgia in the SEC championship. And just made everybody else on Georgia look they were, like they were FCS players and just beat them to the edge and took the ball for like 50 yards for a touchdown. So, you know, at the end of the day, speed kills. I think a lot of people comp Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill's a little bigger, but like that comp just works because there's really nobody that has speed like Waddle. Well, that was just a random question, and uh, I think a lot of us are going to be looking forward to the NFL draft. So I'm going to have one more, and I'll, I'll get I'll get it to you during break, uh, Mitch. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Max Roberts, who out of all the four that we've talked about probably has the, the, the lowest possibility of making a team. But it, I think it's worth talking about him because, you know, maybe he ends up with a squad in camp. So we'll be back in just a moment to talk more about Max Roberts with Mitchell Wolf. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports to go on. The NFL draft is today, 
and you can make bets on it. I made a few bets myself where Mac Jones lands and I believe where uh, Kadarius Tony falls. I did over-unders on both of them. And you can also do it for the Kentucky Derby. You can bet on the first leg of the Triple Crown this weekend. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sports needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA fighting. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. Make sure you use promo code Locked On. Your online sports experts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here, and I am with Mitch Wolf. Mitch is part of BC Bolton. He's one of our staff writers. He does a lot of our scouting and looking at players. Uh, he's been with us all week on Locked On Boston College, uh, talking about Boston College players in the draft. He's been looking at them, kind of giving you know the the pros and cons. And if you've missed some of our previous episodes, go back hear our uh, conversation on Hunter Long and Isaiah McDuffie. And we just talked about Max Richardson. We'll go together, Max. And Mitch and I were just chatting about Max Roberts. So, Mitch, tell us a little bit more about Max Roberts that the, the audience may not be aware of. All right. So, Max Roberts uh, came to BC this year as a grad transfer from Maine, where he had spent one year, and he had spent the previous three years at Fordham. So, he's a bit of a well-traveled player. He's an edge defender, so he's going to play um, probably a, an outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. That's he's 6'1", 256. Um, and, you know, Roberts kind of came in and it was like, there was like a notification like the day before the Texas State game. It's like, oh, this guy cleared his transfer. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I wonder what it'll do. And he balled out in the Texas State game, which, you know, I was rewatching. I was like, wow, DC had no business winning this game against a terrible team. Um, but, and then he played well against North Carolina the next week. And, you know, he flashed here and there. He was playing as a kind of a rotational edge player, you know, third down specialist. Um, and, you know, he never really kind of broke into the starting role, but he would have some, you know, interesting reps. And, you know, I think the thing that really sticks out at Roberts is that his explosiveness off the snap is really special. And, you know, he just, he's just like shot out of a cannon against the offense tackles on the edge. And, you know, that's something that, you know, showed up in his pro day. His jumps were very good. His 10 yard split in the 40 was really good. Um, and then in terms of when he gets into his actual pass rush, he's actually surprisingly strong for his size. Um, he's able to kind of get, offensive linemen on their heels. Uh, the issue is that, you know, he's not going to be, he's going to be a limited player in terms of his run defense, uh, just based on his size and the way he's used. And um, he doesn't really have a pass rush plan. So like if he can't win with his explosiveness and he can't kind of just win with his power, um, he's kind of like, okay, now what do I do? Um, and he's, he's, he's got great hustle. Like he is flying to the ball. Like he's finishing every play at the ball carrier. So that, that's great. Coaches are going to love that. But you know, a lot of his big splash plays kind of came when he was unblocked or was like a hustle sack. So, you know, that's good and all, but you know, when you're unblocked, it's like, okay, well, that's not really a unique skill set and it's not you know, super sustainable. So I think that a lot of his game won't consistently translate to the NFL. Um, and this is what I was, we were just talking about when we were coming back from break is, you know, he's been at all these schools. I'm, I don't know his exact birthday, but I think he's probably going to turn 25 this year. So, you know, he spent a year at prep school, coming out of high school, then went to Fordham for three years, Maine for a year, BC for a year. So, you know, if he was a, you know, a junior or a senior and he's coming out, it's like, okay, maybe we give this guy a shot. But, you know, when you're 25 and you're kind of athletically and muscular and like your build is maxed out and this is all you're able to produce, uh, I think teams are just going to be like, yeah, we can find a guy who's younger and maybe, you know, has a little more um, oomph to his game. That was a great point. Yeah, when Mitch was talking to me uh, during the break, uh, we were we were talking about um, his his age because I had wondered why 
you know, Max Roberts seemed like the perfect player to come back for just that extra year. Kind of like what Boozy and Wuka is doing, like getting an extra year at a bigger level. Uh, And you can see with Wuka that he's kind of bulked up a little bit. He's, you know, set himself up for more success in terms of the NFL draft next year. But obviously if he's turning 25, uh, Max Roberts, then that makes no sense. Now, is there any, could you see him sticking with an NFL team or is his skill set so limited that he's probably going to be that type that goes to camp and gets cut pretty quick? You know, I, I actually, I think just because, um, I think you can carve out a, a, a niche for him more so than you can for Richardson because, you know, there, Richardson has that size and speed problems that are kind of just making a non-starter. Roberts, even though he's not, you know, super agile or he's, you know, super fast in terms of long speed, you know, that explosiveness is going to intrigue somebody. Um, and I think that maybe you can teach him some pass rush moves. So, you know, if he's your, you know, if he's going to be buried on the depth chart. Um, and again, like, again, we're coming back to a special teams, you know, and that's where, you know, maybe he could be interesting because, you know, you need somebody to explode off the edge and try to, shoot the gap for a punt block or a kick block, you know, maybe Richardson's your guy, uh, or sorry, Roberts, here we go. There's our first max mix up. Um, but you know, I, I could see there, it's, it's a very narrow path, but you know, crazy things happen. You know, I think there's possibility of he could stick around on a practice squad for a few years playing scout team. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure that there's enough upside long-term for a team to be really interested in investing in him as a, you know, developmental project when he's going to be, you know, turning 25 probably this year. So that kind of wraps up our conversations on the maxes. I mean, um, you know, you want to, you want, you want to root for them. You want them to do well, but it looks like their options are pretty limited once they get there. We'll, we'll follow along and on BC bulletin and on lockdown Boston college, give you updates on all of them. So now I'm going to shoot out some random questions to Mitch. I did it last time and I got a few more. So the NFL draft tonight, um, do you have any draft day rituals, Mitch, that you do during the draft or you just kind of sit and relax? I usually just, you know, sit down and watch, I watch the whole thing, um, which, you know, I don't really have any super rituals. Like I, when I was in, you know, uh, when I was in like middle school, like I would sometimes have friends over, but they would like want to like go play outside and do stuff. And I'd be like, no, I just want to watch the draft. Um, so that was, you know, a little tough. Um, you know, I usually just, you know, have, have a beer to eat some unhealthy food and, you know, watch guys get draft drafted by NFL teams. You know, it's a pretty simple night, but it's one of my, or simple weekend, but it's one of my, favorite times of the year actually two years ago was the first time i missed part of the draft because i had to go see avengers endgame at midnight oh nice so yeah yeah for me like I, it's basically the same as what you said except i'm i'm on my computer ready like i got my hunter profile all set ready mm-hmm. to post when it gets up but my hope for this year last year's and i know it was the year of the pandemic but ESPN has got to chill with the depressing. <laughs> I, I, I knew where this was going. <laughs> you it was like, it was like watching like the Oscars went with, with like the people that die every year. And it was like the most depressing story one after another. Every player has gone through something awful. I mean, just lighten it up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine they're going to do it again because they did catch so much black, but I mean, I would imagine just to kind of prepare the audience, I would say that Quiddy Pay is going to get that treatment because he, um, his family escaped from the civil war in Nigeria or Liberia. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, Caleb Farley is kind of a recent interesting story. So he, um, he's a cornerback from Virginia tech and he opted out of 2020, the season to um, 
uh, make sure his family didn't get COVID because they have some health issues. Um, and in recent, in in the in the timeline of the offseason, he had to have back surgery, so that was already a big concern for teams because he's kind of had these lingering back issues. And uh, just today or yesterday, it was revealed that he had tested positive for COVID, so he won't be attending the draft. So he's just kind of had a really rough go of it that I'm sure will be featured whenever he gets drafted. So I'm going to shoot you a real quick question. Don't have to give an explanation, but I'm going to, I want your, your, your take on this because I'm a New England fan and I kind of want to know where this is going to go. So San Francisco, are they going to take Mac Jones or Justin Fields? Uh, I, I simply cannot fathom why they would trade so much draft capital to go up and get a guy who is basically a younger version of Jimmy Garoppolo with a DUI. Like, I just don't get it. You know, I, I, I still think they're going field. I think that all of this has been a smokescreen. I think, I think Fields is their guy. There's been a lot of talk about, like, Kyle Shanahan and his system. Um, but there's also this quote that's floating around from him where he said, you know, at any given time in the NFL, there's, like, seven to eight guys with elite arms. And when you can get one of those guys, you go for it and you kind of throw your scheme. You don't throw your scheme out the window, but you're like, okay, we need to – I'm not going to build this. I'm going to put this guy in my scheme. I'm going to build a scheme around him. And I think in terms of this draft class and moving forward, Fields is definitely one of those kind of elite arms in the NFL. Like, I, I think a lot of people are comping him to Deshaun Watson minus the off-field issues in terms of his arm talent, his running ability, and even some of his flaws. Like, a, one of the flaws of Watson was that he would kind of hold on to the ball too long and then kind of force some throws. And that's kind of Fields' issue. But, you know, we've seen Deshaun be able to shake that issue. And I think, I think whoever gets Fields is going to, able to teach him to get rid of that as well so i i really just don't think they would you know trade all those picks away just to go up and get a guy who isn't that dynamic of a player who doesn't have as much upside and i know you don't care for the patriots but we have a lot of listeners that are and i want to know who do you think the patriots are going to draft my, my hot take is that they trade up and get trey lance um who's the quarterback from north dakota state so i'm not sure I'm not sure that that's what they actually do. Um, the common answer would be to say, oh, the Pats will probably trade down. Um, if Mac Jones falls and the Bears or the Washington football team want to trade up with the Patriots to get him, that wouldn't shock me. Um, name I mentioned earlier, Quiddy Pay is interesting because he's a defensive end from Michigan and um, he's a really rock solid run defender. He hasn't been as consistent in terms of producing as a pass rusher, but his Athletic testing, especially his free kill, which Bill Belichick loves, were absolutely elite. So, you know, that's a name that I would probably throw out there. But, you know, as you know, like the Patriots can get kind of random with their picks. So I would say a trade is quite likely. Um, and if, if they do stick, I would probably – if I had to put money on somebody, I would probably say Quiddy Pay. Yeah, I was going to go with someone else in the uh, Big Ten. My, I, I, I think, too, like, you know, all the, all the talk around New England is that they're going to go with, like, Mac Jones or – you know, one of the quarterbacks and draft, you know, move up or try to get Justin Fields, but I'm going to go somewhere. Oh, so you're, you're thinking Micah Parsons? Go Micah Parsons. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. He's coming. He's Kyle Van Noy 2.0, but they just yep. got Kyle Van Noy back. So, you know, yeah, I mean, so Micah Parsons is actually from my hometown of Harrisburg, like Hershey, Pennsylvania. So I saw him play in high school and, you know, he's obviously a freak. Um, that fit works in terms of how he's used and how he's most effective. Um, I'm not sure how much Parsons' character issues are going to knock him down boards. Um, so we'll have to see about that. 
Well, Mitch, this has been a great week and uh, we'll have to have you on again soon as we continue on uh, during the summer and we'll have some talks about certain players and things like that, but it'll, it'll be great to have you back on again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on, Mitch. So on tomorrow's show, we are going to uh, go over the first round of the draft, you know, look at some of the players and look at where Hunter Long's status is at that point. I don't think he'll be drafted in the first round, but we'll look at that. And we'll talk anything BC sports related. You know, there may be more news that pops up between now and then. So this is AJ Black. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to Locked On Boston College wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On BC and find us on any other social media app where everywhere youtube facebook instagram you name it we're there uh thank you all for listening and we'll see you all again soon take care